Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hey guys, thanks for joining me for another episode of Girl Next Door. It's Renee here and it is just so great to be with you. So guys, I want to unpack what happened in Australia last Saturday, a couple days ago, we had our federal election and I'm really glad that I did last week's podcast because at first I thought, oh man, if I do a podcast where I'm explaining Australia's voting system and you know what you know what all the the yellow ballot uh, the yellow the green ballot means and what the white ballot means like I'm going to bore you guys but it turns out I didn't bore you guys so many of you listened and got so much out of it and really I am the more I think about it, absolutely shocked how little we are educated on our voting system. Um, so many of you told me that you've never had it explained to you before. And like I told you, I'm only a few steps ahead of you guys. Um, and I think it's really kind of funny, but not ha funny, that we can have, for example, gender fluidity as a part of our educational curriculum but not the basics on how our voting system works, which is crazy because it forms the whole basis um, of our political system and who gets voted in, which affects our everyday lives because of the policies, et cetera, that our politicians pass. Now, comment of the week that really made me laugh came from one of you who told me that you were listening to last week's podcast episode with your headphones in while you were standing in the ballot box doing your vote. Oh my gosh, kudos to you. That made me really laugh. But you, but this person was actually thanking me because they're like, oh my gosh, now it all makes so much sense. I also loved, so cute. I had two year 11 girls because on Sunday night, I went and preached at um, another church on the North side. And I had these two beautiful year 11 girls, shout out star and I think I'm going to get this wrong. I'm so sorry if I get it wrong, but Margalise, I think I got that right. Shout out, girls. I met them um, at the church I was speaking at, and they said to me, Renee, we had your voting podcast on while we were doing your homework. So I thought, well done. Well done, girls, on educating yourself. All right. So what happened on Saturday? And um, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of unpack quite a bit today. I don't know how much we'll get through, but there will just be so much more to be said in the future too. So, uh, so hold on to your hats. Hey, we now have a Labor government, which I'm sure you guys all would know by now. And our new prime minister is Anthony Albanese. So I'm pretty sure, although I probably need to double check this, but um, because votes are still being counted. Um, at the time of me recording this, uh, but Labor managed, it seemed, to have formed a majority government. What does even that mean, a majority government? That means that they've looks like they've won enough seats that they don't need to negotiate and work with anyone else or any other, you know, smaller parties or independents to push their policies and laws through. So they've comfortably got all the power without having to go to other seats or other parties to help them get things through. Um, But when Liberal was in, 
they did not form majority government from memory. Uh, don't quote me on that one, but I'm pretty sure that happened either last time or the time before. But if they don't form majority government, then what happens is they have to rely on negotiating with the other parties. And this means everything's held up in parliament. It's such a slower process because there's lots of negotiating and they often have to compromise. You know, you help me get this bill passed and I'll do something for you. All right. So we are going to unpack what happened by looking at three different elements today. We're going to look at firstly, what exactly happened. Then we're going to look at, um, how it happened. Okay. So like how did liberal get out and labor get in? And then finally, what does this mean for our future? Um, so let's look first of all, a bit more comprehensively. Number one, what has happened? Well, in other words, you know, how did labor get in? Okay. Because labor getting in, by the way, does not mean that most Australians voted for them. I know. This system is complicated, guys, but in fact, only 30% of Australians actually voted for Labor, which is mind-blowing. So what that means is three-quarters of our country actually did not vote for Anthony Albanese. So obviously they got in, though, because they still had the majority of votes out of everyone, and it would have come down to preference voting, which I don't fully understand and I need to look into myself. But Anyway, they ended up winning, but still the actual, like how many people in Australia actually voted for Labor was only 30%. And so uh, I'm not sure how many percent Liberal got, but it would have been obviously a bit less than that. So what happened is we saw a swing away from both, really, we saw a swing away from not just the Liberals, but the Labor as well in most seats. So I was watching on the night as they put the the screens up of every electorate. Remember what I explained to you guys last week about the House of Representatives and there's 151 different electorates um, and, and Australia is divided up into 151 electorates and every electorate gets one person who's allowed to be elected and they become a part of the House of Representatives and you live in one of those electorates. So find out who got in in your electorate. So although either Labor or Liberal always was going to get in because we're a two-party preferred system here in Australia, but still the votes for both of those major parties dropped significantly compared to other years. So where were these votes going? Now, this is not insignificant, but 12% of the votes went to freedom parties. Now, mainstream media, I did not hear any anything like that. They, they did not talk about this, especially on the night. But when you consider that Labor only got 30% of the votes and Liberal got a little bit less than that, it's actually not insignificant that the Freedom Parties combined got 12%. So we're talking like One Nation, United Australia Party, Liberal Democrats. So so it's not kind of, it really goes to show that people are uh, disillusioned and disheartened with the government. And so we see, we, we saw something we haven't seen in Australia before, where we see this fracturing of the vote. Now, something else that was surprising, I don't know if you guys heard of, of this word before, but this new word we kept hearing was the teal seats, T-E-A-L. I'm like, who the heck are these people? Who are the teal seats? So from what I could find out from my research, they are wealthy, wealthy, 
former liberal people with some policies that lean heavily towards the Greens, like climate change. Okay, so you've got like some liberal values combined with Greens values, and these people stood independently. So they didn't stand as a party, they were independents. And the reason they called them teal is because of the color, because when you when you combine blue, which represents liberal, with green, which represents the Greens, you get the color teal. Now, these teal seats were very prominent in Victoria and Sydney, And I must say, I do not understand how these guys um, got seats because most of them, the rest of us have never heard of them before, but they did get a few seats in the Senate. Now, sadly, the Freedom Parties did not get more seats in the Senate, although though it looks like Pauline Hanson has been re-elected. Now, the other thing that happened, which in my opinion is kind of worst case scenario, and I'll explain why as we go is that the Greens have gotten even more seats than ever before in both the Senate and the House of Representatives, okay? So they've got more seats in both the lower house and the upper house. So they've got even more power. Now, I'm going to talk quite a bit about the Greens later because we have got a generation that do not understand exactly what they're doing when they vote for the Greens. And it's a big worry because uh, they they do, their policies sound really great. And, and some of it is, some of what they do is good, but there are some huge concerns around that. So essentially what we've got now is a Labor Greens government, even though it looks like Labor is forming the majority because the Greens have got so many seats and they also are a left-leaning, left-wing party. We've kind of got like a Labor Greens government and that's where the power is mostly going to fall. So we've got a hard left government now in power. Okay, so we've talked about what's happened and how that happened But let's have a think about why. Why did this happen? Why was the swing so much towards Labor and away from Liberal? Why were the votes fractured like never before between all of these other smaller parties in Australia? Well, I think all we can say is people are not happy. People in our country are not happy. I was actually talking to someone today who's got a friend that was working in the, um, like where you count the votes. And she said, it was unbelievable how many of the, um, of the votes of the ballots where people just, um, really, they just were stupid. Like they put zeros on everything or they drew rude pictures on there. And it's like, are you kidding me? So there's a lot of people that are so disenfranchised with our system. They just didn't vote at all. So they went obviously, and their name was ticked off and, but they actually just put in a a stupid vote because they just think that the system obviously is so up the creek. Um, so more people than ever are not happy with either parties with either choice, liberal or labor, and they don't trust either. That seems to be the message, but we're stuck with a two party prefer system. So let's start with liberal. What happened? 
Um, it actually doesn't surprise me, and I can understand why Liberal got voted out. They have gone too far from their base. So they've lost their base, their, their core people that used to follow them. I think they've lost a lot of them. So remember, I explained the parties last week. Let me explain them again. Every party has an ideology. Now, liberal is meant to be and has in the past been known as a more socially conservative and economically conservative party. They are what we call centre-right. Labour have always been more progressive, socially progressive, they're centre-left. They push society towards progressive social policies. But what's happened is liberal has gone too far left And Labor at the same time is going even more left. And so we've completely lost the balance in society. And I think that this election was a reaction to this. We have never seen such a fracture of the votes. Liberal lost a lot. Labor lost a lot. And the rest was split to freedom parties and independents and these teal seats and the Greens. So I think Labor being elected was not a vote of confidence to Labor. I think it was a a vote of a lack of confidence in Liberal. And I think the last two years of lockdowns and mandates and the handling of the virus definitely had something to do with it. I think the Liberals' inability to get the Religious Freedom Bill through had something to do with it. So what we had in Liberal was a party trying to appease the left. And how did they do that? I mean, I said to you last week, things like um, the, uh, Scott Morrison wouldn't talk about abortion. There was flip-flopping on, on the transgender playing in women's sports, uh, signing up to climate change agreements, stuff that in the past, liberal would be against those things. Um, so they were trying to appease the left when the left were never going to vote for them anyway. And simultaneously, they ticked off their actual base, which is they're socially conservative people. So I think in them trying to be all things to all people, they ended up being nothing, uh, nothing and appealing to nobody. And I think the teals, the appearance of these teals that we've never heard of before, I think they were a further reaction to this. So having some liberal views and some Greens views, they appealed to people who might otherwise have voted for liberal, but were disenfranchised, but they didn't want to go as far left as voting for Labor. And so the Teals picked up quite a few of the votes that normally would have gone to liberal. Now, of course, mainstream media, like I said, won't talk about this, but the swing, albeit a small swing at this stage towards the freedom parties, I don't think that that was a surprise at all. Now, the freedom movement at the moment is a small movement. It's a fledgling movement. I mean, how kind of disgraceful that we even have to have a movement like that in Australia where we're meant to be free. But the fact that we saw hundreds of thousands descend on Canberra and protest and march, that is huge. That has never happened before. The fact that we had tens and hundreds of thousands rallying in the streets to protest in every single state, not just once, not just twice, but you know, many, many Saturdays for weeks, um, just goes to show 
that it's a movement that is growing. Now, remember, Australia is known or meant to be known for our freedoms and liberal of all parties is meant to stand for individual freedoms for every Australian. And they didn't. They hung us out to dry. That movement is only going to grow, especially when Australians realize more and more what is going to happen under a Labor Green government. Now, of course, there was also this big swing to the Greens, and I think that happened for a few reasons. The first reasons, um, the first reason is that the Greens campaigned well around local issues that affect everyday Australians. The bigger parties don't have time to care about local issues. They're busy putting in policies from a bird's eye point of view, from a national point of view. They're not honing down to the local people like you and me. You know, they don't care about things like changing the airplane pathways that's causing air traffic noise at terrible hours for residents that live near an airport. But Greens campaigned campaigned well on issues like that, that mattered to the people that lived in those areas. So they got those votes. The second reason the Greens, I think, did well is because we now have a generation who have been indoctrinated through through our education system um, on on ideologies, on certain ideologies that the Greens stand for. And so that generation, they've come through and they're now voting. They're now our 18, 19 and 20 year olds. And so a lot of the education system um, has been indoctrinating our kids on these uh, values that the Greens hold. So of course they're going to align with them. The third reason I think there was a swing to the Greens is that mainstream media have had climate change front and centre for so long uh, as being this huge crisis that many people see it as one of the top issues in Australia. So they voted for the Greens because, of course, the Greens are known mostly for their care for the environment. Okay, so that's why we saw what we saw. So first of all, we unpacked what did we see. We've got this swing. Well, it wasn't even a swing to Labor. It really was a swing away from Labor and Liberal, um, being fractured amongst all the other independents and smaller parties. Um, But still, we saw Labor come out on top. And then I've just explained why. And I think there's a million kind of reasons for that. But let's go to the third part. What might this mean for our future? Um, Now, look, you might have different views. All of us are going to have different views, okay? But the one thing that we've all kind of is pretty clear is that um, the Liberals have always been a socially conservative party. The Greens have always been uh, socially progressive. And there was a while there where the Labor Party started to lose their base because they were swinging more towards the conservative side. And so uh, clearly they started to lose their base. So they've now gone back centre-left. And, of course, the Greens, one of the Greens' uh, roles one of the Greens, um, one of the things that they want to achieve is to push Labor even harder left. And then, of course, with Liberal, who are meant to be on the right, we see them pulling more and more towards the left as well. So so it doesn't matter what your policies, what, what your beliefs, what your political beliefs or sway might be, those those things are a fact. That is, um, that's what's happening. So what we're looking at is a, a very left government and you throw the Greens in there who are hard left, 
then I want to look at what this might mean for our future. Now, remember, I always teach you guys that we have to look ahead and look down the track. What is the fruit going to be of a hard left socialist style progressive government? So we saw a dramatic gain of Greens power in both the lower and the upper house. And I think because mostly a lot of people are sympathetic to the Greens because of two things, climate change being one, and the other is their promise to tax the rich. So we are going to see the Greens as they increase in power, trying to push more of their ideologies onto our country. Now, I can't unpack it all here because there just is not enough time. So I'm going to have to look at it more in the future. Um, And I want to do a whole podcast around socialism because it's becoming an ideology that's quite, um, that young people are sympathetic towards. Uh, But I want to unpack it a little bit. But like I said, I'm not going to be able to go into too much detail. But basically, even though the Greens would say they're not a socialist party, a lot of their ideologies, their beliefs, their policies are very social, um, have got socialist tendencies. They smell of socialism. Now, a lot of the Greens policies sound really good. So let's go through a few of them that um, I got off their website. So they want to build 1 million houses to ease the housing crisis. They want to put dental into um, free dental into Medicare. They are probably the most well-known for wanting to achieve net zero emissions by 2030, which is 20 years before Labor and Liberal. They want to make companies who got JobKeeper during COVID pay that money back. They want to make education and childcare free. They want to invest in TAFE. They want to wipe all students' existing hex debt. They want to fund the creative industries. They want to end sexism, end systemic racism. They want to make businesses pay for carbon emissions. So some of their stuff sounds really good, but like who's going to pay for all that? So their plan is for rich people. So they want to take the top 112 billionaires and millionaires in Australia and tax them. They would say tax them at a fair rate, but it's actually taxing them at a very high rate. And then they want to take that money and redistribute it. So they want to tax them higher in order to redistribute funds to protect the environment and to provide for the population. Now that is socialism. Um, And I've talked about this before, but like I said, we need to delve into this a lot deeper, but when basically you take money from the rich and you redistribute it to bring equality in society, that's, um, that's a socialist um, thing to do. So they want to move exemptions from religious schools. They are going to scrap the millions spent on chaplains. They also, their plan was to get the coalition out. I think they've succeeded there. And for them to get enough seats to hold the balance of power. They haven't quite achieved that. So let's unpack a little bit of their ideology because we are going to start to see this stuff come through. And as it does, I will let you guys know. I will definitely be podcasting about it as we go. Now, like I said, we've only got a chance to skim the surface. But like I said, they want to tax the rich people harder and give this money away to others. But what this will do, it will, um, and they're very happy with this, to create a more 
a more welfare dependent society. Now, that's really interesting because that might sound really good. Um, And of course, we don't want people living in poverty, right? But the thing is, the more welfare that we are able to access, the more lazy we become as a society and the less incentivized we are to work hard. It creates a lazy society. Um, You know, why should I work hard if I'm going to be punished by being taxed at this really high rate and then the money that I've worked hard to earn given to everyone else? This is called big government, guys. Big government makes small people. This is the opposite to um, to what um, I've talked about before. That does not make for a healthy society. It should be small government because small government makes bigger people, people who are independent. This also is the opposite of freedom, which is one of the core values in Australia, because you're not allowed to, I'll go into this a little bit more and explain it in a moment, but everything being free is one of the worst ideologies. If you go onto their website, you'll see free this, free that, free that, free the other, but it appeals to people. But it is not a sustainable way to run a society because nothing is free. Somebody somewhere has to pay for it. So the other thing that concerns me when you when you read the Greens policies, they mention a lot. There's not any negotiating in their in their policies. They want to make and force, make and force. Like I was reading the other day about how they want to make all hospitals, all Christian and private hospitals become public and make them do abortions for free. There's a lot of forcing and telling um, and, and them deciding, the government making the decisions. You know, who decides who the minorities are? Who decides who needs the money? So what we're looking at here um, is a form of socialism. There's no believe what you want to believe. You can only believe and behave in ways that are consistent with their policies and their philosophies. So what it does is it puts them, the government, in more control and we, the people, in less control. So free this, free that, make the rich pay. It all sounds really good. Even up the ledger, make everyone equal. But if we really look at the reality of this, like I said, it creates laziness, people with their hands out saying, give me, give me. It doesn't incentivize people to take responsibility for themselves, which is biblical, by the way. Self-motivated people will, but it decentivizes people from working hard in their businesses and growing their businesses. Why should they if the government are just going to take um, their profits away and decide where to distribute it? Companies, what will happen is it's not going to make Australia better off. Companies will just take their businesses out of Australia. They'll take them offshore. This smart economic policy is not so smart. It will actually make our country poorer, not richer. Let's look at zero net emissions by 2030 or 2035. (coughs) You guys might not remember this, but I do because I came from South Australia. Do you guys remember what happened last summer? 
Now, South Australia have always been a very um, environmentally conscious state. They were the first state to get rid of the so-called plastic bags, which of course we know are still there, but we just are buying them now. But they are a very green state, probably the most green state and the most woke when it comes to renewable energy. Anyway, I, I won't go into the details, but they had more renewable energy sources there than any other state. Well, last summer, this system couldn't cope. And there were power outages in the middle of summer and summer in SA is hot for weeks. Now, I'm not saying it's not a good thing to look at more sustainable forms of energy that have less impact on the environment, right? I agree with that, but we have to work towards that slowly in sustainable ways. What the Greens are proposing is not sustainable. It's extremely expensive and it cannot um, produce enough electricity that we need. You know, and, and what people don't realize is what happens to all the solar panels and the wind turbines. I remember years ago, the Labor Party tried this. They they brought in um, rebates for solar panels. I've got some of them on my roof. They don't even work properly. Um, so I watched this documentary, oh, probably, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago about this festival that was so progressive that it told everyone that the whole festival was run on renewable energy, on solar energy. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, you guys are so amazing. And this is so progressive. And this is the way of the future. But this documentary actually exposed what was really going on behind the scenes. And behind the scenes where no one could see were hundreds of solar panels. And the reality was they actually, between them all, couldn't generate any more, much more energy than to run a toaster. And hidden out the back of the stages was, guess what? Electrical cords. Everything was plugged into normal electricity. So yes, we can move towards it, but this whole zero net emissions by 2030 or 2035, it is just unsustainable. So how about this suggestion? What do you think of this, guys? For every person who voted for the Greens, and of course, like I said, we've got a young generation that are very um, sympathetic towards the Greens' causes. Well, since they've got such good ideas and policies, I wonder if we should make every person who voted for the Greens put their money where their mouth is. How about they lead the way in their passion and their belief? How about all of you guys have two minute only hot showers a day, turn your internet off except for a one hour window per day and no more driving ever of a petrol powered car since we are now going for extreme zero net emissions. So for you guys, it's bicycles only. And while you're at it, you're only allowed to eat meat once a week. So it, I'm going to find this fascinating to watch that all these people that think these left-leaning progressive ideologies are so wonderful, but when it makes the person that's the every ordinary, everyday Australian want to actually make them, especially young people, young people are used to convenience. They're used to their phones. They're used to the internet. They're used to getting what they want when they want it right now. Well, if you want to really put your money where your mouth is, then we have to have a generation that starts to get very, very uncomfortable. We can't just sit there, tick a vote on a voting ballot, and then expect a political party to magically do all the work for us. 
it, it that they're actually not going to allow that to happen. I'm telling you now. So we are going to see a lot of stuff starting to come in under a Labor Greens government where we are going to have to start to come into alignment with the things that they tell us that we must believe. So it's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, and I'm going to keep a really keen eye, guys, on everything that I see come through. And I will let you guys know as we go and we will work it through together. But um, that's pretty much what we've got. It doesn't surprise me. Um, when I look at countries that are currently are socialist countries, guys, we're talking countries like China, Cuba, and Vietnam. Where has this worked before? This is, this is what I talked about at the beginning. We have to look at the fruit of stuff. And I cannot believe that we are just sitting back thinking we're so smart, letting these people run our country when it actually has never worked in any other country before. Socialism has failed in every country in which it's been tried. Now, in after World War II, Israel, India, and the UK all adopted socialism as an economic model, and they ended up rejecting it because this is what socialism is guilty of. It believes its system can make better decisions for the people than they can for themselves. So if you think we've just had a season where our freedoms were taken away, we've not seen nothing yet. It, we've got more coming. So uh, there's just so much more to be said, but I thought at least it was important just to try and unpack what we saw happen on Saturday. And look, some of you might be really happy with it. Some of you might've been disappointed with it. Um, for me, um, it was no surprise. I actually didn't, didn't think that that was a surprise at all. I think in a way it actually could be a good thing because I'm hoping that what it will do is shake the liberal party out of its slump and out of its blindedness that it's been in and that they will start to get back to their core uh, conservative values and get back to what their base voted them in for in the first place. So it's not a bad thing that they got out because I think it will make them reevaluate. Um, I don't think it's a great thing that we've got. Um, I mean, I wasn't probably too phased about having labor in, but having labor in the greens is really concerning. I probably was really hoping we got a few more people with more solid conservative values in the Senate. So that's a little bit concerning to me. And that's why I'm going to be keeping a really keen eye on what is happening. But you know what? Maybe our country needs to get worse before it gets better. I don't know. Maybe it's a wake up to all of us. Um, to actually think about and get more involved in in our country's political system because these people that we elect in literally affect our future. It's going to affect our children and our children's children. And we want to make sure we're setting up the best possible Australia we can. And we cannot do that unless we look ahead and go, where are these policies landing? What kind of a, a country is this government going to make us into? So, so much more to say, guys, but that's just a bit of a breakdown on what I think happened um, and where we're at. And I will keep an eye. Please send me stuff. You guys are great at that. If you come across some stuff, please send it to me. Someone sent me the other day. Um, that Coles are giving an extra 10 paid leave days a year to people who are um, coming out as transgender. 
I'm going to look into that. That is fascinating. So if you are going to, uh, can, you know, uh, come out as, uh, identify as transgender, you get an extra 10 days leave. Is that fair? That's what I'm talking about. We got to talk about these things. That's the kind of stuff. Um, and I'm just like, my gosh, I just pray that our country goes back to, to more conservative, godly values. So there you go. Please send me stuff, okay? Send me, send me, send me stuff for my DMs. Please rate, please share, please review. I appreciate it so much. Love you guys. I'll see you on Friday for Parenthood Friday. Bye. <laughs>